So good to see all of you this morning and also those of you who are watching online. It's great to, uh, to be together in God's house and to experience his presence um, here in this room and in our homes as well. And um, I'm just excited about uh, this Christmas season and what God's going to do in these coming, um, in these coming few weeks. Um, and like, it's like 10 days or so until, until Christmas, right? I don't know. I didn't count, but it's probably something like that. Um, so uh, our series is called Shine. And, um, and, you know, like uh, Felix, I'm also really excited about uh, that theme uh, that we'll be digging into. Um, and, you know, when you're thinking about uh, those words that actually that God said, let there be light. Thank you, honey. Um, appreciate that. Um, those words, those are actually, that's actually the first quote from, the, from God in the Bible. Let there be light. And um, I, you know, when, uh, when Felix was talking, I actually had to think of, uh, of, of Siri, you know. Uh, you know, some of you have, are, are the Hey Google people. I'm, I'm part of the hey, um, hey Siri crowd. How many of you are with me? How many of you are with me, right? So you could actually say, Hey Siri, uh, let there be light. <laughs> I guess we could do that. But God didn't need Siri to switch on the light. He didn't. You know, he, he could just speak those, speak those words and the light would come on. And uh, so we're going to dig into that today, uh, you know, how God brings light into this world. And uh, because if God, if that's the first quote from the Lord, this is actually Genesis 1 verse 3. It's the first thing God ever says, at least that is recorded in the Bible. It must be important, right? So we're going to dig into that. And um, because God needs light to actually show the beauty of his creation. Imagine God would have created all this, you know, all the beauty, all the mountains and, and the, the, the flat areas like the Netherlands and all these other parts of the world and, and us as creatures and there wasn't any light. Nobody would be able to enjoy it. So that's why light was needed. God first had to create light and separate light from darkness. But let's pray right now. Father, we come to you at this moment. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, God, that you, your word still speaks to us today, God. And Lord, help us to understand what it means to, to receive your light in our lives and to also let it shine to the world around us. Speak to us and do an amazing thing in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So Genesis 1, verse 3 through 5. Let's read it again. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. When you read this, when you've read the, the creation story uh, a few times, you may have noticed that uh, it's actually very interesting that on day one, this all happens, that the light basically is, gets switched on by God on day one, and then he doesn't create the sun and the moon until day four. How can there be light on day one if there is no sun? Good question. I see your scientific minds running at full speed right now. It's like, how is this possible? The Bible must be wrong if this, if this is in there. Well, let me, let me share a few things with you to kind of put this into perspective a little bit. For one, the writer of the book of Genesis, in fact, of all the Bible, the whole Bible, 
he didn't have a scientific mind as we do. Neither did his readers have a scientific mind like we do. They weren't thinking, well, um, 6,000 years down the road or 4,000 years down the road, there will be this people and they live in the Netherlands and they want to prove everything with their, be able to prove everything. Everything needs to be logic for them, logical for them. So um, I'm going to write this down in such a way that, that, that 4,000 years down the line, um, this still makes sense with their science. You know, he's still wondering if what's science and what's not science, you know. <laughs> but that's a whole other discussion that we're not going to get into. The, the readers of the book of Genesis and the writer of the book of Genesis, they had a pre-scientific mind. They weren't concerned with um, proving that God really created the whole universe. They weren't consumed with thinking um, in what order God created that and if he used evolution or not. He wasn't concerned about that. They weren't concerned about that at all. This, this was totally outside of the scope of the thinking of the ancient people. And that's something that we, we, we got to remember here. Because with our scientific mind, we think of light as having physical um, properties. It's like, you know, you, you can look at these lights up here and, and think of how many watts do they have or how many kilowatts do they have. And if you add them all up, that's how, how, how many uh, watts you're, you're going to be using in your home. And this is going to cost this much money per month. And they weren't thinking about that at all. They, their mind didn't work that way. They, they also didn't think as uh, that daylight, of that, that the daylight they were having, that, that they were experiencing was coming from the sun. Because in their minds, when you have a foggy day, and I don't know how, how many of you got up early this morning, but we got up really early. We live in Almere, and, and there's a lot of fog there all the time. So, so we wake up, it, it's, it's just barely becoming light. I don't see a sun, I don't see a moon. There's nothing like it, but still there's light. And the pre-scientific mind, they, they didn't think of, ha of light having physical properties. They, were th they, they, saw, they, they thought it was like a phenomenon. And uh, so, so there could be light apart from a sun. Because they, did, they couldn't see. If there was fog in those days, they couldn't see the, the sun. But still there was light. And that is something that, that is vastly different, which, different between how we think and how the ancients thought. Light was seen as a phenomenon. And, and here in Genesis, the point the, the, the writer is trying to make has nothing to do what came with, with what came first. It has to do with creating alternating periods of day and night. The, the light is called day and the darkness is called night. The focus of verses 3 through 5 is time. That is the point that the author is trying to make here. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God speaks light into existence. The sun, the moon, and the stars, they came later. But, but watch this. For, for those of you who are still trying to make sense of this scientifically. Could it be that the light that appeared in verses 3 through 5 was actually the light of God's presence himself? This is a very, very, very 
This is one thing that, that, that occurred to me just recently. Especially when you look at the Bible from, from Genesis to Revelation. Because this is, you see this come up again in, in the future. And I'll get to that in just a moment. But before I get there, look at this verse. Psalm 36 verse 10 says this. For you, with you is the fountain of life. In your lights do we see light. God is light. God brings light. God gives light. And in his light, we see light. We're able to see. You know, not just physically speaking, but also spiritually speaking. Genesis to Revelation. When we go to the last book of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation, right? Not in the last chapter, the chapter before that. You kind of see the proof of, my, of the point I was just trying to make. Verse 10 and 11, let's read this. And he carried me away. This is, he is, is, is God, obviously. And me is, is John, the writer of the book of Revelation. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It speaks about radiance, right? It speaks about you know, it's transmitting light. But read on, verse 22. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it, gives it light, and its lamp is a lamp. You, you notice this, right? So it's, it's God's presence himself who gives light to that, that heavenly city, Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. Which is, I believe, the same thing that happened early on in the book of Genesis. That God's presence was actually giving light to all of creation. Verse 24. By its light will the nations walk. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day. And there will no, be no night there. The nations. I've sp spoken quite a bit about the nations. And the importance of, of the nations in God's plan. You have Israel. And you have the nations. In Greek the word ethne is used. In the, in the Hebrew it's the word goyim. Which, which basically means the Gentile nations, the, the non-Jewish nations. And here you see that the nations, and those nations, they had been, you know, they had been estranged from God. They, God had actually disinherited them. You know, at the, at the Tower of Babel, which is in, you can find that story in Genesis chapter 11, you see that, that all of humanity, they gather together in one place, in Babel, while God had said to them that they actually had to spread out over the whole earth, make the whole earth like Eden, but no, they decided to stay in one place, huddle close together, and try to twist God's arm to bring him down, you know, where they had this temple tower, this, this tower of Babel. And God said, enough of this. I'm going to send you out over the whole world. I'm going to, you know, change your languages so you can't speak together anymore. You're forced to kind of spread out over the whole world. And, and, and when that happens... You know, you see in some other scriptures that, that God had actually disinherited those nations. They're like, I, I, enough, of, enough of all of this for now. I, I don't want you to be near me at this moment. I, there will be a moment in the future when I will bring you back to myself. 
I will bring you back into, in, into my inheritance. But at this moment, I want you to be far away from me. And I'm only going to continue with one man and his family, which is Abram, which later is called Abraham. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue with him. And I'm going to make sure that there will be this Messiah figure, which we know as Jesus, who is going to make sure that all those nations who have been estranged from God and disinherited by God will be brought back into his inheritance. And here you see how this is actually happening, how those nations who've been so far off from God, now, they, now they're walking in the light of, of, of Jesus. They're walking in the light of Yahweh. That is awesome. This is, this is the best news ever, that those who have been so far away from God can now return to him. And this is the, the day and age we're living in right now, where all those nations, and look at yourself. I mean, we're from all different continents here in this place. This is the fulfillment. Celebration Church Netherlands is, is, is part of the fulfillment of what's going on right here in Scripture. This is awesome. And all those nations, they're walking in the light of Yahweh. They're walking in the light of the Lamb, which is Jesus. Powerful stuff here. You know what? I, I honestly believe that God wants to give each and every one of us his light. He wants to fill our lives with his light. However dark your world may seem at this moment, and it may be dark because of sickness, maybe you, you're, you're struggling from COVID and you're not in this room, hopefully, <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe there's cancer or maybe uh, you're struggling financially, you've lost your job because of lockdown or whatever, you're struggling. In spite of all of that, God wants to shine his light into your dark world. He wants to lighten up your world. And he wants you to not keep that light for yourself, but to spread it out into the dark world around you. God's light, wherever it goes, whenever the light switch is turned on, it will drive out darkness. John 1, chapter 1, verse 1 through 5 love this. In the beginning was the word, the Logos. If you were here, if, I think it was a few weeks ago, a few months ago, time goes quick, but I preached about Jesus, the word. If you haven't heard that message, you got to listen to it. In the beginning was the word, the Logos, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the and the life was the light of men. So, so God is, Jesus is our light. He is the life that he wants to give to us. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. So however dark the darkness was, the light of Jesus is always stronger. It's never, you can't extinguish it. You can never extinguish it. People are saying, well, the church is dying in Western Europe. No, it's not. Why? Because Jesus still loves Western Europe. Jesus still loves the Netherlands. Jesus still wants to let his light shine here in this city, in this nation, in this world. There's still hope. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. 
But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the rights, he gave the power, some translations say, to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He gave the rights, he gave the power to become children of God. Man. He gives us power to be family members with, with him, to, to really have Jesus as our big brother, not only our God and not only our Lord, but also as our big brother. And the Bible clearly speaks about that, how Jesus is our big brother. God invites us to his table. You know, the table is the perfect moment that kind of explains like, hey, we're actually family, family of, of the Lord. Jesus, who is the one-of-a-kind one Son of God, who is, who is Yahweh in the flesh, who is the second person of the Trinity. He is, he is your Lord. He is your God. He is your big brother. But he's also the light of life. He is the light of your life. He's the light of my life and the light of our families. But takes for us to really think about the place we give Jesus in our lives. See, you cannot add or subtract Jesus from your life. You cannot treat Jesus as if you're, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I love coffee. And I drink my coffee black. I, 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 want, I want a quad espresso, no sugar, no milk, right? People think I'm crazy, I, and I probably am. But you cannot add or subtract sugar or milk. You cannot add or subtract Jesus to your life. Like you add or subtract, well, you can't subtract sugar or milk from the coffee, but you can add it to it, right? That's not how Jesus rolls. He wants it all. He wants your whole life. He wants your life to be lived in full surrender to him, to, in full loyalty, in full allegiance to him and to him alone. You cannot serve two masters, as Jesus said himself. You cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. You got to make a choice. You got to make a decision. He wants, our, he wants to be our all. He wants to be at the center of our lives. He wants to be the only thing in our lives that we pledge absolute allegiance to. And the only rightful place for him in your life is as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's no one like him. We cannot live our lives as if, you know, religion, as if faith is something we do on a Sunday morning when we go to church for an hour or so. And that day, that, that hour is dedicated to the Lord. You know, Jesus is Lord of that one hour per week. No, he's got to be our, our Lord 24-7. It's just him and no one else. That's how we live our lives. When we fully surrender our lives to him and when we forsake the world, in other words, when we pick up our cross as Jesus said himself and follow him, he truly becomes our all. He truly becomes our Lord. He truly becomes our king and our lives will be flooded with his light. Watch him do it when you actually surrender your life like that to him. But it takes a deliberate decision from us each day to live that day in loyalty to him. 
When we do it, our path will be lit up by his presence. Our path will be lit up by his word. We will be able to see, not, not just physically, but spiritually, we will be able to see where God's leading us in our lives. We won't be people anymore who have no compass anymore. We have direction when Jesus truly is Lord. When your life is filled with his light, you become like the moon, reflecting the sun's light. In fact, it's even better than that. We become like stars who, who light up that brightly shine, that brightly shine the, the lights that God has poured, put in our lives. We, 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 we make sure that light shines to the world around us. We have his light living in us. We don't only reflect it, it's in us and it needs to come out. The world around us needs to see that Jesus truly is our Lord. Jesus said this, John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world. But did you notice that in Matthew 5, 14, Jesus says that about us as well. He says this, you are the light of the world. So how is this possible? If Jesus is the light, how can we be the light? I think it's very easy to actually explain what's going on right here. Because Jesus, he lives as the perfect imager of, Jesus, of God, of Yahweh. He lives as the perfect representative of him on earth. So he brings the light of God into the world. And he is, he's not only our God and our Lord and our, uh, you know, he's also our example. And our big brother, like I said earlier. So just like him, we're supposed to also let that light shine in the world as well. You are the light of the world. When we walk in his light, we can shine his light into our dark world. And this Christmas season, my, my challenge to all of us is to let his light shine through you. To make sure that the light will become visible that God has placed in your life. He wants that light to become very visible. You know, Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. It, it, it follows, this is what follows. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So how do we let his light shine in the world? Good works. And don't misunderstand me doesn't say like we're saved by good works, right? No, we're saved by grace through faith. It's another sermon. <laughs> but what follows is good works. If we're saved by grace, if, if God is doing something on the inside of us, if his grace is at work inside of us, we're going to let this shine into the world around us through our good works, through that smile you give to that person that, that maybe has lost all hope for, through that prayer, maybe that you're offering for that other person, through you know, maybe a bag of groceries for a family that has COVID and, and has no one to help them. There's so many different ways we can let our light shine before men through our good works. In this Christmas season, I want to encourage you to think about it. How can you sh let his light shine in the dark world around you? How can... Your faith, your trust in, in, in Jesus be written on your sleeve so that people know, well, this person is a, is a true follower of him. That's my challenge to all of us 
this morning. And I got two questions for you and for those of us who are watching from home. First one is this. Is your lamp burning already? Is your lamp burning already? Do we have this light inside of us, right? But is the light, if the light switch is already on, you know, we need to ask the Lord to let the light shine brighter. Let the light shine brighter. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for, um, I'm thankful for, you know, our brand new house. Some of you know the journey my wife and I have been on the last couple of months, but we finally are in our new place. Tomorrow we'll get the kitchen. And we have a Christmas tree up already for the last two weeks, so I think everything is good, right? <laughs> but we have this, this um, how do you say that, Houtkachel, how do you say it in English? Come on, help me. We have this fireplace, yeah, it's like this, uh, fireplace is not the right word. Wood burner, thank you. Awesome. It's a wood, we have this wood burner that we got. Really nice thing. And um, when, they, when they built it, I was busy doing other things, so I didn't get the proper instruction. It's my fault, not, their, not the fault of the people in, who installed it. And um, I know the first couple of times when we used it, um, we, we actually... Um, did what the instructions said we we had to keep the window open a little bit we had to keep the um the door of the wood burner open just a little bit so there'd be enough oxygen that goes in there and and the whole place the whole living room would just be filled with smoke it's like i could barely see my wife it was horrible of course i'm exaggerating here because she'll 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 get at me after the service that wasn't true okay so i'm exaggerating but that's fine, right? Just for the purpose of illustration. But, um, um, and later on, you know, I start to discover a little bit how this thing really works. And um, actually, now I find a good way to, to start, to light it up without, without having too much smoke. <laughs> Which, you, know, you use these, um, these uh, the, 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 how do you call it, the material that you put in there that lights up really quickly. So, so you got some, some, a little bit of paper, a little bit of small wood, a little bit of big wood, and then you put that stuff on there, you light it up, and the whole thing starts burning really nicely. No smoke, nothing. I don't have to leave the window open or anything like that. It just works. It's awesome. But once it's, it's, it's up and going uh, just a little bit, um, there's this little uh, slide this, at, at the bottom of the, of the, of the wood burner. And, and you can actually play with that a little bit. If you, if you pull it out... Uh, there's more air coming in. If you put it back in, there's, there's a little bit of air coming in. And if you know a little bit about fire, fire needs air. In particular, it needs oxygen to be able to burn brightly, right? And I believe that for us who have surrendered our lives to Jesus, who already have the light of Christ in our lives, that God is saying to, to you and I to actually get more oxygen to the fire. To make sure the fire starts to burn brighter and, and hotter. So that the people around us can actually see that your light is burning. So make sure the oxygen flow gets increased. Make sure that the, that the oil of the Holy Spirit also gets 
gets to your life. I, I love this story that, that Jesus told us um, uh, about these, these ten virgins and, and they're waiting for the groom to come and, and five of them, they don't have enough um, oil for their lamps. The other five, they do have enough oil. So the one who don't, ones who don't have enough oil, they ask the other girls, hey, can we have some of your oil? They say, no, 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 you should have taken care of this beforehand. But now the others who do have enough oil, they're ready for the coming of the groom. And I believe in this day and age, as darkness gets darker, that God is calling you and I to start burning brighter. Burn brighter. Let the oxygen flow. Pour some oil of the Holy Spirit on that fire. We need, you know, the, the, the oxygen. The, you know, th there's this word in the Old Testament, that's ruach, which is, which is the, the word for wind, but it's also the word that's being used for the Spirit of God. We need that oxygen. We need that, that, that airflow. We need that ruach on our lives. So we burn bright. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day of our lives because we leak. We need more of His Spirit. So my challenge to you is, if Jesus is already Lord of your life, to allow Him to set you ablaze like never before so that you could be, bring His light into your dark world, people around you. But you may be here today or maybe you're watching. You're like, if I'm honest, my, light, my lamp is actually not burning yet. Yet. I need God to switch on the light bulb in, in my life. I, I need Him to switch it on. This is the moment for you to do that. We're going to pray in just a few moments. And, and, and I want to pray with all of us together, actually, that God will just switch on that light in your life so that your darkness will no longer be darkness and you, your life will be filled with light. And God wants to do it. God loves you so much that he wants to give you that life. He wants to give you that light. He wants to do that today. He doesn't want to let that wait till like five years down the road or on your deathbed or anything like, no, he wants you to experience the fullness of that life right here, right now. And all it takes is one prayer, a prayer where you basically say to the Lord, I'm, I'm pledging my full allegiance to you. I'm giving my full loyalty to you, Jesus. Be the king over my life. Be Lord over my life. I don't want to live in my own way anymore. I want you to be Lord. I want you to be king. I want you to be on the throne of my life. Maybe we could just bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe we could all stand in the presence of the Lord. The worship team can come back up as well. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, God, for your name, Yeshua. Yahweh saves. Thank you, God, that you are here in this place. God, that you love each and every one of us here in this place and everybody who's watching and everybody else who's not watching. You love every person in this world. And your desire, Lord, is that we could be part of your family, that, that we could just sit at the table with you, Lord. 
And God, I pray for those who've already surrendered their lives to Jesus, who already have the light of the Lord in their lives. And I pray right now, God, that they would shine brighter this season. God, that you would increase the airflow, that you would increase the, the oil on that fire, Lord, and that, that, they, that their lives would be set ablaze for you, God, that everybody around them will see that you truly are Lord, God, that our colleagues and friends and neighbors and maybe even family members who are far from you, God, that they would know who you really are, God. And Lord, we, we just want to pray right now for those whose life switch is not on yet, but the desire to switch, to have you switch it on in their lives today. And if that's you, if you want to be in relationship with God, if you want to receive the life that he has for you, and if you want to receive the eternal life that he has for you, And pray this prayer along. And maybe all of us, we can pray this prayer along. God, I thank you for who you are. That you love me so much. That you want to give me life. That you want to give me light. That you want to give me eternal life. And today I surrender to you, Jesus. I want to I want to want to um, want to stop with my old ways and follow you in your ways. God, be Lord over my life. Be King over my life. Switch on the lights in my life so that I may shine bright and the world around me will see that you truly are Lord, that you truly are God, that you truly are King. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen.